Well, he is risen. Okay, I'm going to say he is risen, and I want you to shout, he is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen there we go. That's the gusto. It's, it's gotten louder and louder as the days went on, and I'm, I get more and more confused, so I need you to help me out. Are you the breakfast, the brunch, or the lunch crowd? Do you? I, I told Legacy this morning, driving, as I said, it was oh dark 30, and uh, I told our Legacy site in the sunrise service, I said, I get up this early for three things, hunting, fishing, and Easter. Um... But uh, I'm Ryan, I'm one of the pastors here. It's really, really, really good to be in worship with you. If you're visiting with us for the first time, I just wanna echo what Lauren said and tell you how grateful we are that you are here worshiping with us for the first time or the thousandth time. You know, Spring Hill's really intentional about what we are about as God's people in this place. We've said that we exist to build authentic community in Christ. And the vision that we have for that, the picture that we see is that when you come into this church, you found a place to call home. Uh, that's what we're about here at Spring Hill. And so um, it's just good to be in, in worship with you in light of the resurrection. Um, we are in the midst of this series as the church on John's gospel. We've been working through this one verse at a time all year long. And this morning, we're going to come to this story where Jesus calls himself the light. He calls himself the light of the world. And it's not a traditional Easter passage, uh, but here's what I want us to do. I want us to look at this scripture lesson, and I want us to talk about the events of that first Easter, and I want you to see how light, how light is pivotal to the Easter story. Okay, so if you'll pray with me, we're going to turn our Bibles to John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 20 to 30. Uh, but first, let's ask God to illuminate his word for us. Will you pray with me? Lord, you are so good. God, no matter the season, no matter the day, God, your love prevails. You've proven it to us, not only on that cross, but in the empty tomb. God, we thank you that, that you have given victory where there was only death. Lord, we thank you for the life that we have, not only here on earth, but everlasting life with you. God, our lives are distracted. We, we live in a chaotic time. So Lord, I just pray that for each one of us, you would help us to focus now on your word. Lord, that we would think about what it is that the light of the world has, has come. That the light of the world has lived. That the light of the world has died. And that that light will never be extinguished again. Holy Spirit, be with us now. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. So John's gospel, chapter eight, verses 12 to 30. Let's hear now God's word. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you're bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true for I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself and the father who sent me bears witness about me. 
They said to him, therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them again, I'm going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself since he says where I'm going, you cannot come? He said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I've been telling you from the beginning, I have much to say about you and much to judge. And he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world that I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he, that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the father had taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Amen. So picture with me uh, the darkness of early morning. It was that first day of the week just before sunup as one of Jesus' closest friends began to make her way to the tomb. Her name was Mary Magdalene. The scriptures tell us she was by Jesus' side to the very end. And on this first morning in the dark, it certainly felt as though the end had come. When Mary first met Jesus, her life was in shambles. She was tormented by dark things. But all it took was one encounter with Christ and her life changed forever. Jesus healed her on the spot and from that moment forward, she was sold out for him. Even when that meant walking to the cross and sitting at his feet, she was there. She watched as Jesus was humiliated and beaten. She stood by his side as they lifted his body upright. She sat by him until his breath went still. And now three days later, in the cover of darkness, Mary now heads to the tomb to pay her final respects. You know, I've always wondered, what was it that got her up so early on that Easter morning? Was it a dream? You know, her mind had to be racing with images of all the chaos and confusion of that week. Or maybe she left before sunup so as not to be seen, right? She knew full well what the authorities were capable of. But whatever the reason, as the sun began to rise, the scriptures tell us Mary stood weeping outside that grave. You know what the moment of first light is called? Look at this up on the screens. It's something called liminality. Liminality is that space between night and daybreak where the sky begins transforming from black and white into the colors of a sunrise. It's that time when the sun hasn't quite yet come up, but it's clear that light has begun to win over the darkness and hope is on the horizon. Reverend Dr. Bill Inns, he talks about how liminality is that in-between space in life, right? It's that spot where you're not quite where you used to be, but you're also not nearly as far as you want to be. It's that space where your past begins to fade behind you and now the future begins to emerge. 
but you haven't fully arrived. They call it the here, but not yet. But in the first hour of that day, in that liminal sky, Mary looks up and through the tears in her eyes, she sees the outline of this stone. It had been rolled away from the tomb. And John's gospel tells us as she peeked into this empty cave, there were angels sitting in dazzling white, almost as if they had been waiting for her. And they ask her casually, why are you weeping? You know, uh, you ever throw someone a, a surprise party? You know that nanosecond right between them opening the door and you turning on the lights? You know that moment? Mary turned around and there stood the risen Lord. Just imagine the overwhelming emotion in that moment. Try to put yourself in that place. Mary moves from the darkest of night to knee-buckling joy. This morning, I want us to think about the liminal spaces that we live in. Where in your life do you see darkness and what might God be doing with the light? See, because Easter gives us this unique promise that Jesus has died, Jesus has risen, and now Christ is alive. And even more so, he's coming back. So my question this morning is this, as Easter people, what does it look like for us to walk our lives out in the light of Christ? This morning, we've come to this pivotal moment long before the cross where Jesus declares himself to be the light of the world. Look at this in John 8, 12. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So here's what I thought we'd do together before we head out for our breakfast, brunches, or lunches. What I want us to do is look at three things about Easter light. And those three things look like this. Number one, the light of Easter gives us clarity. The light of Easter gives us clarity. If you buy into that, then second follows right behind it. The light of Easter gives us direction out of the mouths of babes. Did you hear that, by the way? It's already been said. The light of Easter gives us direction. And third and most important, the light of Easter gives us hope. Say it with me. The light of Easter gives us clarity, direction, and hope. So let's think about clarity for a minute. What does liminality have to do with clarity? In our scripture, Jesus has just told this crowd he's the light of the world, right? It was this bold claim that came with immediate opposition. Look at this in verse 13. So the Pharisees said to him, you're bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is a lie. In other words, you have no second witness to back your claim. You're fake news. You know what Jesus said to that? Long before the cross, he told these men, he said, don't worry about it. I have the Father as my witness. And when Easter comes, it'll be crystal clear. It's all gonna make sense. Again, look at this in verse 28. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he. The Easter light brings clarity. You know, I feel like in some ways we can relate to Mary on that first Easter morning. We live in a chaotic and, and dark and confusing time. It used to be that you would read your newspaper with your morning coffee and you were caught up on the news for the day. Anybody remember those days? And that was your intake of information. But now today, whether you're awake or you're asleep, the news is constantly updating self and around you. Our culture is in complete upheaval and change. You could argue that change has never moved so fast in the history of our nation. 
You know, it used to be that you'd go to McDonald's and you would order a, a burger with cheese or no cheese. Anybody remember those days? It was that simple. Now there's over 145 items to choose from. Just trying to figure out what you want to eat for lunch seems impossible. Think about these statistics with me. 90% of the world's data was processed in just the last two years. They say that this new thing called 5G that's coming our way, it's expected to make our phones 25 times faster than they currently are. Economists believe that artificial intelligence will wipe out 30% of all jobs nationwide in the next 10 to 30, or 20 years. How do you make sense of a world that's moving that quickly around you? You know, our society is producing colossal change every moment of every day. The morals of our, of our nation are shifting in ways we can't fully comprehend. How do you find clarity in the midst of that kind of commotion? See, this was Mary's question, right? As she headed to the, down to that tomb in the darkness, how is it that my Lord is gone? How, how has evil taken a foothold? You know, it's crazy to me, though, how all these changes and advancements of technology have still left the most important questions of life unanswered. Like, what is love? And how did we get here? Where did we come from? Why are we here? How do we live the good life? Where do we go when we die? See, in a world that still doesn't make sense, the light of Easter gives us clarity. I want us to notice something really small about this passage. It's obvious, but it's very important. Jesus didn't call himself a light. He called himself the light of the world. The light reveals things in the shadows, right? Suddenly we realize that that scary thing across the room is just a lampshade. Light is what gives us color and hues. It's, it's that which brings vibrance and contrast. Light brings precision and clarity. The best photographers and painters, they know all too well, light is their canvas. And Jesus says this morning, I am the light. Even the Pharisees in that moment, they refused to understand. So he made him this promise. He said, it'll all make perfect sense. When you see me lifted high, everything will be crystal clear. Remember the Roman soldier who stood near the cross at the crucifixion? They called him a centurion. Right after the earthquake hit, what did he say? Truly, this was the son of God. If you want clarity in this life, in a world of constant change around us, if you wanna know better about who you are and what God is up to, Easter reminds us Jesus is the light. Which really leads us then to that second thought, and that is that Easter gives us direction. The Easter light gives us direction. You know, it's one thing to have clarity. It's something entirely different to have direction. If clarity is the what, direction is the how. You might feel like your job is in a dead-end spot, right? That's clear to you. But what you're supposed to do with that next, that's direction. Or you might know that your marriage is on the rocks. You're certain about that. But how you repair the damage, that's something entirely different. You may realize that your habits and lifestyle are not good for you, but how you go about breaking the cycle, well, that's what makes all the difference. The light of Easter gives us not only clarity, but direction. You know, it's interesting to me that as Jesus was raised up on that cross, the disciples all scattered. 
It was almost as if in that crisis they were lost. First terror struck, and they all hid behind closed doors. And then the risen late Lord finds a couple others wandering around a road, discussing the trauma. And meanwhile, the rest of them did what? They went fishing. You probably heard the story of Peter. He was directly asked about his relationship to Jesus in the midst of all this chaos, and he denied Christ emphatically, missed the test. And as they put Christ up on that hillside, Peter was nowhere to be seen. It was arguably the worst week of Peter's life. The shame and the, the guilt, the grief that must have been playing out in his head, it's unimaginable. So what does he do? He does what many of us in the Gallatin Valley would do after a rough week. He gets in the boat and he goes to catch fish. I want you to look at this in John 21. We're gonna put this up on the screens and I want you to see what happened in this story. Look for the liminal moment. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel of Cana, the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said back, well, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into a boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore and yet the disciples didn't know it was him. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered, no. He said to them, cast the nets on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. Did you catch the liminal moment? All night, the disciples caught nothing. In the darkness, not one fish. But now in this liminal hour, just as day was breaking, they can't hardly make out the face of Jesus. The Bible tells us the light of the world shows up on the shoreline. And Jesus tells the disciples, mm, put your nets over there. And they hit the mother load. You ever have a day where you're just confused about what door to open next? Or maybe you've hit an all-time low and it seems like there's, there's no doors left to open. Maybe you're so lost, you don't know if you're going up or down or left or right anymore. Where do we find our way again? The light of Easter gives us direction. See, Jesus didn't just rise from the dead, right? He brings us this instruction manual on how to live. And by every word, he now leads us in the path we should go. In our scripture lesson this morning, Jesus said it very clearly. He said, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. In other words, let me break that down. You wanna know how to be a better leader? Learn how to follow. You wanna understand how to improve your relationships? Jesus is the guide. You wanna know how to live a life of fulfillment and joy? He says, this way over here. You want a foundation to stand upon in the midst of the wind and the waves? I've got you, says Christ. And the risen Jesus comes to his beloved and he says, here's your direction. He tells Mary, don't cling to me. Go and tell the others the good news. And then he tells Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. He tells the disciples, as the father has sent me, so now I'm sending you. Go therefore and make more disciples. Why? Because you now have the light of the world. See, Easter light gives us clarity. The light of Easter gives us direction, which really brings me to the most important part of our entire morning, and that is that the light of Easter gives us hope. A prominent counselor was gathering with his colleagues, and he began venting about his frustrations 
regarding a particular stubborn client that he had. He said, I've been doing therapy with this man for 15 years, but his anger and his selfishness and his hatred has only gotten more entrenched. He said, he's never changed. From the day he walked into my office, he's the same man. The only difference is now he knows why he's so angry and selfish and hateful. After venting to his colleagues, the counselor stopped for a minute and he thought about it. And he said something really profound. He said, maybe what this man needs is not information, but transformation. You know, in an age of endless data, right? And, 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 and updates and, and information constantly swirling around us as we're trying to grab onto it. Where everyone has an answer to everything and yet truth is hard to find and evil seems to win the day. Maybe what we really need is transformation. See, clarity is a good start. Direction, that's even better. But what Easter gives us more than anything else is hope. Left to ourselves, the world is lost. I'll be so bold to say that without the resurrection, ultimately there is no hope. There is no liminality. There is no sunrise. There is no daybreak. There's no heart change. In fact, look at this. These aren't my words. These are Jesus' words. Look at this in verse 24 of our lesson. I told you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am he, you'll stay there. Timothy Keller once said, even if you don't believe in the resurrection, you have to want it to be true, right? Our world is filled with hopeless things. The sick go without medicine. The hungry go without food. The vulnerable get exploited. The hurting are less hopeless. But you have to know this about the Easter story, right? This is not the gospel. The resurrection is good news, not just for tomorrow, but for your life right now. The promise of Easter is that even in this moment, Jesus right now is taking everything wrong with the world and making it right. That's liminality. And one day when perfection comes, when he returns, the promise will be restored of us living in God's glory forever. Jesus said, if you follow me, wherever you go, you are now people of light. Sunday school teacher was once teaching her, her kids about the resurrection. And she asked them, she said, who can tell me about what Easter is all about? This little boy, he raised his hand. He said, I've got it, I've got it. He said, that's the day where the Easter bunny hides all the eggs. She saw that one coming from a mile away. She said, no, that's not quite it. Who else, who has something for me? And another little girl, she rose her hand. She said, Easter is when we get all the chocolates that we want. Teacher was a bit frustrated. She said, yeah, that's true, but that's also not quite the story. Who has, who has the Easter story for me? Well, finally, this little boy named Johnny was sitting in the back row. He was so excited. He had his hand raised in the air. He said, I know, I know, I know. She said, tell me, Johnny. He said, first, Jesus was crucified. And she was fired up. She said, yes, that's right. Johnny said, and then they placed him in a tomb behind a big, big stone. The teacher was getting fired up. She said, keep going, Johnny. Johnny said, early in the morning, the boulder rolled back and Jesus rose from the grave. And by now the teacher was to her feet. She said, bring it home. Johnny said, but if he sees his shadow. <laughs> he'll go back into the ground for six more weeks of winter. <laughs> no, Johnny, that's not Easter, right? Easter gives us this hope that he lives. 
Liminality means that even if you can't see the sun over the horizon, the light has already won over the darkness. Let me just show you what that looks like. Look at this picture up on the screens. Why is the sunrise white in space? You ever notice that? The sun is actually white in color. They say that when the light hits the earth atmosphere, it begins to mix with the molecules and vapor and dusk. And the color of a sunrise, the blues, the oranges, the reds, they're actually caused by the white light refracting over all the particles on the horizon. You know what I thought of when I found that little fact earlier this week? I thought to myself, that'll preach. See, that's perfect, right? That's what Easter light does. When Jesus rose from the grave, he said, if you believe in me, you now walk bathed in light. Wherever you go, that light now brings salvation, color, vibrance to people's lives who now believe. I am the light of the world. Whoever walks in me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of Easter brings clarity to a world lost in confusion. The light of Easter brings direction when we've lost our way. But most of all, Easter takes the darkness and destroys it with Jesus' light. As we step back into a liminal world, here's my charge for us as Easter people. Go stand in the light of Christ. Will you pray with me? God, your very words calls you the light and salvation of our lives. God, and so we just join the psalmist in that prayer, Lord. We pray, would you be that light that, that leads us, bring clarity where there's confusion. God, guide us when we're not sure which way to go. But Lord, more than anything, we praise your name that you so love the world that you sent your one and only son to die for us. And that just when all hope seemed lost, you rose him from the grave in victory over sin and death. God, I just ask if there's any of us in this room that don't know what it is to walk in that light, Lord, would you put it on our hearts to give our lives to you now? Lord, would you change us? God, we need transformation. Information isn't enough. Lord, lead us, guide us, not only today, but every day, that we would wake up and we would say, he is risen. He is risen indeed. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen.